So, John, uh, this was a very interesting podcast with Lefty, who has no last name. No right? last name. He just reached out to us out of the blue and was interested in being on the podcast, and, which was kind of cool. And his agenda was, in fact, that he believes that motorcycles are actually a social good, that they contribute to our social well-being, including reducing our carbon footprint. So he had a lot of ideas about Including, that. Including uh, knowing the difference between Kentucky horse manure and Pennsylvania horse manure. Yeah, that kind of blew my mind, but, you know, hey, I'll go there. I loved it. <laughs> Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. Yes, uh, Lefty, uh, this is John and Mark with uh, Behind the Bars Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm terrific. How are you guys? Good, good. Hey, you know, we're, we've got you on the line. We're, we're, uh, we're rolling here. I thought we'd kick this thing off and uh, just uh, ask a few questions since our listeners have no idea who Lefty is. I prefer it that way. Let's do it. Hey, Lefty, how are you? I'm great. That must be Mark. That's me. Yeah, that's Mark and Mark. Your, hey, your Mark, just because we didn't, this is sort of a little outside the norm for us. We don't normally have someone that we don't know who he is, uh, and you're peeking out because oh, we didn't well, test the editing. Well, I got excited because it's, he sounds familiar to me. Well, either way, whether he sounds familiar, it, 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 so on the line with us today is a gentleman by the name of Lefty. He goes by Lefty, and Lefty has all kinds of ideas. He 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 rides motorcycles. We know. A few things about him. We know he rides Harley Davidsons. We know he rides uh, or has ridden Suzuki's. Um, he rides older Harley Davidsons and newer Harley Davidsons. So he's got kind of a hmm. uh, you know a different spectrum of motorcycles. Cool. Yeah. Smart guy. Yeah. Comes up with a lot of ideas and 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 forwards them to us. And we thought it'd be cool to bring him on the line here for. The opening of uh, season three, uh, which is which is really kind of fun to have. This is what we promised our listeners we would have something new. We would be bringing on two people that we don't really know who the hell they are, but uh, here we go. Well, welcome, Lefty. Thank you. So, does Lefty have a last name, or are we? I, he doesn't want to tell us his it, last, he, last oh, name. I see. He just uh, goes by Lefty. Uh, mystery guest. Yep, mystery guest. All right. So. Uh, one of the things I asked Lefty was, so, okay, fine, you want to be on the podcast. That's kind of fun. What in the heck do you really want to talk about? And you know what You know what his topic was? I can't guess. Mark, yes, you can, because I already provided you with the email. He wants to talk about motorcycles and social good. Yeah. And the social good that they bring to our society. Which I don't even, I don't even get, get that. You're the no. cerebral one out of the two of us. So, he, he, Lefty... What, what the hell is social good in motorcycling? Well, uh, I, it all started when my brother, who lives in Southern California, sent me a note about how obnoxious motorcycle riders can be when they're splitting traffic. I'm sure a lot of your audience is familiar with the fact that California recently officially recognized that splitting lanes is not only not illegal, but it's accepted, and, it's, and they've even issued some guidelines on how to do it safely. So uh, California citizens and motorists are now 
actually uh, recognizing that uh, people splitting those lanes are, are doing something that's okay. Well, the problem is that not everyone thinks that it's a social positive because a lot of riders gun their engines to make sure people hear them coming or blast their horns or they have loud stereos cranking really loud and it can be annoying and, and at least off-putting. So, uh, you know, my brother, he's in, into BMW motorcycles uh, and he thinks they're neat because they're quiet and everything else and Harley-Davidson's are really loud, and he knows that's my favorite brand. So we, we have that banter going on, and it just caused me to think, you know, are motorcycles a social good? Because, you know, we're taking up less lane space. We're making room for other drivers. We take up less resources. We, we allow people to connect with each other across boundaries and barriers and class and social standing and all kinds of things. So what is it? Is motorcycling an antisocial behavior? Or is motorcycling a really a social good? And when motorists uh, see going by, what should they be thinking? So that's where I started with it. I like it. Yeah, lane splitting, lane shearing, or filtering. It's, I think it's legal in Europe and Asia as well. I'll take your word for it. I do know that uh, uh, when I ask people, you know, I've, I've got a lot of background in motorcycling. My Even my mom had a, a couple of different motorcycles at one time or another, and I asked her, you know, what, what do you think about vintage, about motorcycles and about uh, the social good or social bad that they do? And she said, well, my favorite thing was to ride behind your dad and give him a squeeze, you know, give him a hug for free. So um, she said that, you know, people are brought together by motorcycling and motorcycling can be uh, a healing thing for, for individuals, kind of a therapeutic thing for an individual person, but it also can bring groups of people together, families. Speaking for myself only, we have family reunions, and they're always around motorcycling. This year, for example, we rode all the way from uh, Albany, New York, to to uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And my father is 80 years old, and he rode the whole way out there. Uh, my brother, my son, it's a three-generation thing. My, we had our the rest of our family with us, my wife, my mom. So uh, in my family, motorcycles are a good because they very different and diverse people talking to each other, keep communication lines open, give us an excuse to chat. So, so Lefty, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grasp your credentials uh, to be talking about what is good for society. Um, are you a sociologist by chance? I've done a little sociology study. Um, I've got people in my family who are uh, professionals in that and have... Uh, degrees and other things but I guess what I'm what I'm trying to promulgate here is a is a uh, promulgate? This, which is uh, you guys look promulgate. at the word promulgate while I'm talking uh, <laughs> I'm looking up I'm looking to promulgate a thesis that is that uh, instead of uh, the average motorist viewing motorcyclists and motorcycling as antisocial that it's actually a social good again because of the resources saved, because of the relationships built and because of the, uh, the general good that it does. I, I think I sent you my manifesto with several uh, points in it. Did I not? Um, yeah, I, I read the manifesto. and, it, and It's sort I, of a little uni, unibomber-ish. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little frightening. And, and for that reason, I'm, I'm really trying to make sure that we've got somebody on the line here that, um, you know, whose point of view 
is really founded in some sort of research. I mean, sociology oh, well, is not theory. Or I, let me let me back up. If, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I know that uh, you you do tend to like that. So I, I mean, I think you like interrupting. So well, I'm is, interrupt. is that based on oh. your? Is it is that based on you having listened to our all of our podcasts? You know what it is. I I love your podcast and I've listened to it and I enjoy it and I think it's terrific. I sold my first motorcycle as a professional in 1986, so I hope that doesn't give away my identity. But I've been around a while in the motorcycling world, and uh, my family's all motorcyclists. A couple of us are in the industry, and um, so having observed that there are so many people who feel motorcycling is an antisocial behavior or choice, and I'm sure that uh, since you guys are in the industry, you hear that or hear about it. Uh, that's the basis of my uh, of my credentials is just having been around a long time and having heard that many times and wanting to give your audience the benefit of having some thoughts to share with their people. Uh, you know, in case you have new uh, motorcyclists that are listening to your uh, terrific podcast, you want to equip those people, I would think. Well, Lefty, of course we do. Um, you know, as I listen to you talk, there's this sort of kind of calm, almost um, meditative quality to your thinking. Are you, are you a Zen practitioner by chance? Um, I actually have lived in Japan and spent some time uh, learning about various uh, religions around the world. That's one of my favorite things, but I'm not a practitioner of Zen per se. I, um, I do I do a lot of meditation and, and connection connecting with the metaphysical world all around us, but I don't think that that's where this comes from. I think it's really more of a desire to uh, help people break their paradigm uh, when uh, they they're gr- when they grow up in a in a world where people are kept distant from motorcycles. I'll give you an example. I ride a motorcycle to church very often, and I'm the only individual out of maybe a thousand people who have a motorcycle in the parking lot at church and i heard a young man ask his mom right in front of me mom is it okay to ride a motorcycle to church and that was delightful to me because i know that this particular family is very conservative for his mom to have to answer that question and i was right there so what did what did she say lefty yes it is of course she said yes it is of course I don't think she wanted to give that answer <laughs> so I could overhear her. So, so Lefty, uh, the, the reason that Mark was asking this question, this meditative state question, you know, Mark is very uh, a spiritual guy, as you know from listening to our previous podcast. Tell us about the, uh, the, the zen-like feeling that you get on your motorcycle. That really perks Mark up. It really, it really gets him excited. Well, I think uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, brainwave activity and uh, endorphins, dopamine, neurotransmitters, the hypothalamus, uh, and all kinds of other things that I really don't understand anywhere near as well as the two of you guys would understand. But it's really a lot about brain chemistry, um, what brings on that ability to to spend a lot of your uh, focus. Let's say that you have $100 to spend in focus. If you're, if you're really aware of the risks that you're taking when you're out on a motorcycle and also aware of the techniques you should be using to, to operate the motorcycle, and you're not just a motorcycle driver, but you're actually a motorcyclist, a motorcyclist, uh, somebody like Ken Condon, for example, 
would teach you that you need to uh, be utilizing your mind and your concentration and your faculties in order to uh, operate the motorcycle at, it, at your best and at its best. And when you're doing that, you don't have room uh, in your mind for the thoughts that, uh, that plague us day to day about our various uh, problems and so forth. So it, it eliminates and set, it sets aside that time for uh, a different kind of brainwave activity. That's my thought. Lefty, I'm, I'm uh, looking at the list of some of your um, ideas about why motorcycles are not a social evil, and a couple of them sort of uh, intrigued me. So if you don't mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read them to our listeners, and, and I'd love to hear you comment a little bit more on it. Uh, you say that a rider and a passenger are closer to nature and their surroundings than they would be in another type of passenger vehicle. The, the, what, what's the book? The the, the uh, what, what's the book that this comes out of? Zen and the, the uh, motorcycle. I didn't that from a book, but if you're familiar with Zen and the art of motorcycle, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly, yes. yeah, it could be it. No, actually, what I was thinking of uh, is only a person on a motorcycle really knows the difference between Kentucky horse manure being down downwind <laughs> of it and uh, let's say um, Pennsylvania horse manure. I mean, that subtle difference is something that you pick up when you're on a long trip on a motorcycle. You can say, wow, you know, this uh, horse manure has more traction than the horse manure in upstate New York, for example. Um, Other things like that. I mean, I don't know why I keep bringing up horse manure when I'm in the presence of two guys like yourselves, but it just tends to come naturally. What does that mean, Mark? Why Why did he say that? Why do you, why do you he say, brought up horseshit in, in, in the context of the podcast. I'm wondering if he's trying to send us a message. Yeah, but why did he say in, he referenced us? That's what, what I mean. It was kind of an odd, oddly placed use of, well, he used a nice word, but it, he basically, basically said this is horseshit. Well, Lefty, are you trying to, are you trying to uh, uh, sort of in a, in a backdoor method, trying to insult us? Not at all, gentlemen. I, I have the utmost regard for both of you, and I, I, I'm glad you picked up on the little bit of humor that I was attempting to use, but thank you for the opportunity. Hey, well, you know, Lefty, it's funny, because I actually um, I got exactly what you were saying. For instance, John, when he rides a motorcycle, can tell you the difference between how a fly tastes in Missouri than it would in Kentucky, right? I mean, you've come back from some of your longer journeys, and you said, well, the fly in Missouri. Well, but but uh, Texas state to state, the yeah. bugs taste different. They do taste different, and that's part of you know one of the things we can point to as a, as a social good is that we know that bugs connoisseurs we're, we're connoisseurs. connoisseurs of bugs. Well, so that's well, not actually, in lefty. You know, so so here's the thing: lefty uh, gives a it gives kind of a really interesting thing when he talks about manure, because the temperatures and the smells of 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 the environment really does change. Uh, uh, state by state, and I mm. think that's really kind of a mm. uh, it was a fun fun thing for him to bring up. Yeah. Uh, have you smelled? Can you tell a difference, Lefty, in different state manures? Now that would be an interesting uh, test, wouldn't it? I mean, I think it all starts with the different uh, different uh, foods or different the source that the uh, the animal is taking in, right? I mean, you <laughs> have different different types of grasses and different types of, of foodstuffs. So I think that's probably where it begins, but uh, it's just an example because Mark asked the question. 
I mean, why is it a social good? Because when you're when you're traveling somewhere, it can all be it can just be about the destination. I like to say that a car is just a way to mail yourself safely from one place to another when you can't ride your motorcycle. Well, left but me- a motorcycle is about get is about having an experience that is memorable that you can have with an, even with or without another person. And uh, that's why motorcycles are a social good. They connect people to one another, to the metaphysical world, and, uh, and, and in other ways. So I'm guessing that you feel that riding on motorcycle is a more intimate way, ultimately, to experience all of the factors that we would encounter on a road as opposed to being sealed like up in a Greyhound bus. Well, what I mean, so many people are overcrowding. For example, the the, the Adirondack Mountains are now in crisis because so many hikers are overcrowding the trailheads, overcrowding the trails, and so on. So there, there, the, the nature lovers uh, out there among us are uh, really in a in a quandary because they want to encourage people to go out and breathe the fresh air and 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 see and feel and experience all of that, right? But now they're in a quandary because too many cars, too many people, it's ruining everything. And they're talking about metering people and giving permits to hike and things like that. Well, why is it that people feel it's virtuous to mail yourself 100 miles in a, in a car that gets uh, 20 miles to the gallon uh, and uh, then trample nature Instead of, why don't you get on a motorcycle and ride 20 miles and not be, uh, and get 40 miles to the gallon and use fewer tires and fewer resources and burn up the road less, burden everything just a little bit less and get the same nature experience riding through the trees. So I think it's more virtuous. It's, so you, you feel like the carbon footprint of the motorcycle rider is uh, more considerate then? Absolutely, that's that's a fact. I mean, just uh, unless they, unless you happen to be in a Prius or something, you can you can get uh, twice as far at least. And don't think and that doesn't take into account the the less uh, tire use and wear, less wear and tear on the on the roadway itself, and so on. I mean, I think your audience is sitting there saying, well, it's it's self evident that uh, motorcycles need less resources, take less resources, use. They are a social good from that standpoint. But also think about the space that we, we don't use when we have our motorcycles parked. Well, Lefty, if I were being a contrarian here, uh, some people would argue that while the carbon footprint may be smaller, uh, the noise factor is a considerable reason why motorcycles are in fact not a social good because so many motorcycle people like to put loud pipes on their bike um, that many people feel like it intrudes on the natural world. What do you think about that? Well, well, I'm glad you asked me. Uh, uh, there used to be a campaign, and your listeners might be familiar with this. They could look it up under the American Motorcyclist Association. I believe it was in the, in the 40s or 50s. It was called a guy called Muffler Mike was a cartoon character, and they tried to get people to take a pledge for silent riding or quiet riding. And I have a refrigerator magnet made out of that at my house. Uh, so uh, there have been times in campaigns over the years. Uh, in fact, Harley-Davidson's, ironically, used to be called the 
Um, I had an interesting experience the other day. I was at a natural food store, and I was just trying to get a snack, something to eat on my way somewhere. <laughs> and the young lady behind the counter was very uh, at peace with the world and in harmonic convergence or whatever she was doing. My people. And uh, she kept referring to me as brother. Yes, brother, what can I help you find? Thank you, brother, for the <laughs> brother. purchase. And I said, uh, you know, uh, it's a beautiful day. Are you out on your motorcycle today? And she said she changed from being really relaxed and and uh, and so on to being a little bit hostile and said, I hate motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was interesting how just the mere mention of the word motorcycle would cause someone who was supposed to be so much at peace and in harmony to become deharmonized, so to speak. So... Said, so, why is that? And uh, she said, because they're all so loud. And I said, well, I said, well, my motorcycles all have stock exhaust and, in fact, very quiet. And um, and she said, well, I wish they were all that way. So I thought that was an interesting uh, story of someone who probably tries very hard all day to remain calm and, and just lost their calm over the word motorcycle. Well, that, that that's that's part of just the environment that you were in lefty that that uh that type of store well but lefty does point out in his other criteria that motorcycling brings diverse people together yeah and in fact that would be an example of it being divisive i think we should have a completely separate podcast at some point in time that talks about those folks that are um how how would I how would I easy uh, now, John? Yeah, well, that, I'm trying to articulate it in a very special way, uh, Mark. The the folks that that sell you the kale. Yeah, that's what I that's, exactly. Well, I could I could point you to this uh, young lady, uh, and we we could certainly talk about. I mean, it would be interesting to have her on the podcast speaking to thousands. I know your audience is in the thousands and thousands of people, so. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting to have her first reach a state of, you know, super calm, whatever it is, a harmonic convergence or something, and then bring her on and, and use the word motorcycle and see what you get for a reaction? Well, I like the idea, but I know that John is suspect of all of this, like, harmonic stuff, you know, and Zen no, and all that. No, no, I believe in that. I believe in, I believe in all of that. You do? I, yeah, no, absolutely. I believe in the Zen-like feeling that you get when you ride your motorcycle I, I feel that when i ride my motorcycle i'm not against that i i just thought that th th this uh this this young lady is living a, a bit of a, a lie a part of her is saying to lefty hey brother i'm 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 at peace and in peace and love and then the next moment she is i hate motorcycles and just sort of like it just hits me the wrong way it's like Come on. Well, it does to me. I think it. I think it's it's stereotypical for starters. But she was trying to commune with Lefty in the early part of that interaction, and then Lefty brought something into the exchange. So it's Lefty's fault. That divided the communion that was trying to happen. I I I shop in these places, as you know, daily. Yeah. No, you love these places. Like I'm. This is my world. Those yeah. are my people. Yeah. He was shaking his head literally when you were talking about this. Lefty he was saying how. How uh, literally just smiling, shaking his head like he was, like he was listening to music that I could not hear. I knew it was going to end bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just did. So anyway, Lefty. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's because people who t who are in those situations really are trying to isolate themselves 
uh, from the community, not really connect. They want to connect with people only who come through their doors. That's right. And that's a whole different kind of podcast because you guys are at a Harley Davidson dealership. Do you really want the local uh, Catholic priest, rabbi, and uh, Baptist minister all walking through your door? Yes, and having yes. An interfaith meeting. Yes, we do. Door? Yes. If you don't, if you do, why don't I? Don't, I dare you to do it. Well, the, we'll take the dare. We. You, you don't think that we I can? Dare you to have an interfaith meeting at your store? Fine. An, an interfaith meeting, meaning. A uh, an exchange of minds between people of different walks religiously. I mean, let the local interfaith council, if there is one, have a meeting at your store about whatever they're going to meet about anyway. Well, those are you uni- have somebody who rides a motorcycle explain to them why it is that they should encourage and not discourage people from riding motorcycles. They should encourage people to ride their motorcycles to church. To church, absolutely. Just like Lefty. Uh, I don't want to take that back because I, I don't even know how that would work. Well, I, I, but I, I, our doors are open. Our doors are open, Mark. They always have been since 1947. Our doors have been open to every motorcycle manufacturer. Anybody that rides a two or three wheels has always been welcome here at Wilkins Harley Davidson, which is one reason why why even you and I even have a podcast. Because I mean, I, I sometimes feel like I don't. I should just be a one man show, but. I'm more open to these these ideas that are that are uh, conflict with what I believe, and that's why you're here. Well, I, I appreciate your open mind. I'm going to interrupt, guys. I, I know the, the, that you guys will each have a response to each other, but I, I want to just chip in before I forget. My next planned visit to Wilkins Harley Davidson is July 27, 2019. In case anybody ever wants to meet me. Uh, I would like to meet other people. I like connecting with people. July Why would I be coming 27th. on July 27th? Why July 27th? Hmm. Yeah, why is it? What, what's going on on July 27th? Well, I think, I, think he's, this I think he's referencing our vintage day. Is that what you're, is that ah. what you're referencing? That's it. Our vintage motorcycle day, Mark, is uh, July 27th. I'm glad that Lefty brought that up, and I'm surprised that he even knew that because... We haven't really been publicizing that too too heavy no. quite yet. We're still building the the uh, building that up a bit. I think we did mention it in a previous podcast, though. Maybe we might have. But anyway, yes, Lefty, July twenty seventh here at Wilkins Harley Davidson. We will be having our Vintage Motorcycle Day. Very cool. We're very excited about that. And that is another example of it's not going to just be Harley Davidsons. It's going to be. There's uh, Nortons and Triumphs. There's all kinds of different brands that are coming True. in. Perhaps the most uh, obvious example of bringing diversity together because we bring in riders of all stripes and colors and ages uh, and persuasions of all kinds come to this particular event. True so it's, it's good that he brings this up. So, Le- Lefty, we're going to run out of time here because we've already hit our mark. Um, we're going to have to circle back. If you don't mind, I have two last questions for you. And I've got one. Uh, first question, is it Lefty, L-E-F-T-Y, or L-E-F-T-I-E? I don't know anybody named Lefty who spells it L-E-F-T-I-E. So let's go with the L-E-F-T-Y. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Uh, T-Y, got it. And uh, uh, are you are you able to come back at a later point and uh, uh, discuss a couple a couple other topics that we could email you about? I'd be pleased to be invited anytime to your auspicious podcast. 
Mark. Well, Lefty, I have one last question, and it's sort of holiday orientated. Now, we tape these uh, podcasts, so when this actually broadcasts, this may be less relevant, but it is the uh, Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Lefty. Thanks for dating it so that our listeners know exactly when this was taped. Well, but this is going to be useful, I think, to our listeners going down the road. So my my wife sent me out this morning and asked me to pick up the turkey for the holiday. And I went to the supermarket and then I went to the co-op, which is not unlike... uh, The place where that young lady was. Yes, that, right. And so I have this dilemma, Lefty, and being the wise guy that I think you are... Um, I was hoping you might be help me sort this out. So I had I've come across four options and I don't exactly know what to do. Are you game? Do tell. Do tell. So I have I can buy a frozen turkey for thirty nine cents a pound. I can buy a conventional turkey for eighty nine cents a pound. At the co op, I can buy a natural turkey for two twenty nine a pound. And I could buy a Vermont natural heritage breed turkey for $3.49 a pound. Now, I need an 18-pound bird. What do I do? Uh, I guess if it was me, I would look at my guest list, and if anybody is going to be upset by having a uh, frozen turkey on the menu, I would go full tilt the other direction just to prove a point and pay 10 times of the amount of money that you have to. And if no one's going to be upset about a frozen turkey, I'd go with the option that leaves you money left over for delicious cranberries from Massachusetts. Fair enough, Lefty. I appreciate the guidance. Thank you very much on that. Lefty, we appreciate your time sincerely. We know uh, we know whatever it is you do, you're, uh, you're a busy guy, and we appreciate you reaching out and being interested in being on Bond the Bars podcast and would love it if you would, you and our listeners would rate our podcast because that is how we are getting additional listeners. We don't charge. We don't have any ads in these. So we would love it if you would take a moment and rate our podcast. And also, if you want to uh, uh, listen to other podcasts, you certainly can go to our website, wilkinsharley.com. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Lefty. Have a great day. Lefty, take care and happy Thanksgiving to you. happy Thanksgiving, Lefty. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.